0: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hour two, Tuesday, Dan and the Den. it's Dan Patrick Show. We covered a lot of ground that first hour. Talk to Mike Florio. If you miss any of our interviews, you can listen to those on the podcast. Go to danpatrick.com. By the way, sign up for the newsletter. You get uh, uh, a heads up on a lot of deals that we have, t-shirts. Got a couple of new t-shirts. We got a great March Madness t-shirt. I was really impressed by this. The uh, Happy Dan Patrick's Day t-shirt is back by popular demand. Me, I demanded that we bring it back. I don't know if anybody else cared about it, but for St. Paddy's Day, when you're looking for a t-shirt, it's great. Go to danpatrick.com. Say good morning to Peacock, our streaming partner, and our radio affiliates around the country, iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio, and the nearly 400 cities that carry this program. John ja Morant's night last night, it wasn't announced during the day that it was going to be John ja Morant's night, but it became John ja Morant's night. He had 52. That's a franchise record. Six more than the previous record that he set on Saturday. I think in the last two weeks, he's had three of the top six scoring performances in Memphis Grizzlies history. And there are two plays that stand out. And you can make a case that the dunk that he had over Jakob was not as impressive as the shot that he hit to beat the buzzer at the end of the first half. Full court pass by Steven Adams, catch, shoot in four tenths of a second and make it. But the dunk, um, he posterized Jakub Podol. That's one of those where if you get posterized, you got to run down the floor quickly so they don't, you know, focus on who got posterized.
1: Oh, act like it doesn't bother you?
0: Yes. Act like you've been there before. You know, Sean Bradley would get posterized. But I always gave him credit because he went up trying to block those shots. Jacopo got caught in no man's land. It's one of those where do I take a charge or do I try to block it or I, oh no, it's too late. And John Morant nearly jumped over Kevin Love (laughs) with a dunk before nearly, nearly pulled that off. And I think he's going to, he's going to pull a Frederick vice, a Vince Carter. He's going to jump over somebody. And uh, probably, you know, six eight six nine six ten guy. Because he was close to doing that with Kevin Love. But uh, Jakob Podol, no man's land, got posterized. He put up 52. And, uh, you know, that's a career best. They beat the Spurs last night. Yeah, Paulie.
1: You feel bad for uh, Jake Podol, Jakob Podol? He's, uh, he's averaging 13 and 10. He's a nice, serviceable center in the league. Hmm. But he's got a lot of work to get hmm. out of this one.
0: Yeah, until the next guy gets posterized by John <laughs> Murray. See, it's not one of those where you go, that's the only time he's going to posterize somebody. You know, Vince Vince Carter jumped over Frederick Von Weiss, Adel uh, Weiss, and, uh, you know, the fact that he did it in the Olympics made it an even bigger deal. Uh, and Frederick Weiss never came back from that. Of course, you know, being a Knicks draft choice, you know, figures. Yeah, we got we got Frederick Weiss. What's he known for? Oh, he got jumped over by uh, Vince Carter. Oh yeah, great career. Here is uh, John ja Morant on uh, scoring fifty two last night. I ain't gonna lie, man. My head all over the place. Um, just thankful for my teammates. You know, my coaches. You know, they believe in me. Have you know all the confidence in the world that you know I can go and you know make the right play. And you know tonight, uh, they were looking for me and. Like I said before, as I got close, they told me to, you know, go ahead and go get it. Yeah, and he did. Had 46 on Saturday, had 52 last night. By the way, our Stats of the Day brought to you by our good folks at Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. You know, we keep talking about MVP candidates, and John Morant deserves to be in that conversation. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, he had 18 points last night. Ended his streak of 10 straight games, scoring at least 30 points. That's one shy of Michael Jordan's club record. Uh, you know, the the Bulls are a little bit of a mystery to me. While I do think they have a really good team, they got a good coach, and they got some star power there, the Bulls have the sixth best record in the NBA, but they're 1-8 against the five teams ahead of them. Phoenix, Golden State, Memphis, Utah, and Miami. Yeah, stat of the day, sure. stat of the day, bop, bop. stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that what? stat of the day. Bop. The team that I would keep an eye on, if you're looking at maybe a dark horse, I don't know if they would be. Everybody's talking about the Sixers. You got the Bucs as the defending champs. You got Phoenix when Chris Paul gets back. You got Golden State when everybody gets healthy. The Miami Heat. Keep an eye on the Miami Heat as your spoiler in the East. Maybe not a spoiler, but a team that you might not be considering NBA championship worthy. But I do think, you know, they had the drop-off last year, but Miami Heat would be the team that I would keep an eye on as as maybe a surprise team. Yes, Paulie?
1: I have preseason MVP odds before the NBA played the first game. Giannis was the favorite. Luka, Steph Curry, LeBron James, James Harden, the, the usual suspects. In the top 30 players, you cannot find John ja Morant at all. He's not even in the top 30. Wow. LaMelo Ball was ahead of him.
0: Well, if you look, you know, you got a great player in Charlotte, a great player in Memphis, maybe the opportunity to have a great player in New Orleans in Zion. You know, if you're, if you're looking at the future of the NBA, you can look in that, that area, that region, because LaMelo Ball's for real. Ja Morant certainly is as well, and we'll find out if Zion is going to be able to be Zion again. All right, uh, Fritzy has a limerick. Um, Do you want to let us know what the limerick is today? The
2: limerick is about the uh, current baseball lockout situation.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Uh, And it goes
2: a little something like this. Okay. Spring training still yet to begin. Owners and players providing their spin. Opening day outlook not sunny. Greedy battles over money, and the fan, fans once again just can't win.
3: Ooh, we'll, we'll, I stumbled we'll on slip that. Up. Yeah, we'll, and
2: the fans once again just can't win. Right. Which well,
3: fans are you referring to? Ours or baseballs?
2: <laughs> <laughs> there it is.
3: Sorry, Todd.
0: Thank Turns you. out that was funny. yes thank you, Todd. <laughs> thank you, Todd. Todd is so proud when he when he gets his limerick done, and then he sends it to me, and then he's just waiting like for when you give your parents your your uh, report card and it's really good, like you just you can't they can't spend enough time looking at your report now, card. Now, do you
2: like what you see in advance? I was going to just send you a note saying that I have a limerick or maybe give you the topic of the limerick and maybe in the, you don't, you're don't you hearing it for the first time as opposed to maybe seeing it. I don't I don't read your limericks. If they're not dirty or anything where it needs to be checked, Paul, likes to see some of them. Yes. I used to get a little carried away with some of my mock headlines where he had to kind of say, you can't read one, three, eight, ten, 10, and 12. <laughs> There's no way you can fit. that. No,
0: name. but you would do that, though. You would deliberately put sexual innuendos I would. in as the mock as possible. headlines. As Thanks to Paulie,
2: we didn't get fined by the FCC. Yeah, really. but I
0: said, Todd, don't don't put him in there. But you you would, and then you'd go, Oh, you can't take out that
2: one. God, I, I get go, so disappointed. Like I have to read at least <laughs> that one. Yes, Paul. I would red flag
1: them and Todd would go, Are you sure you can't do this in there? Like, are you are you asking me that? <laughs> I mean, then, I was so sure.
2: And then we would talk about it and then he would make me see the light. I'm like, Yeah, we probably could get in a lot of trouble I to that.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah, I see. I think Todd is feeling a little heat this morning because there's some dude on Twitter who's firing off limericks like you wouldn't believe. Uh-oh.
2: I did notice that.
3: So like, yeah, Major Matt or something, and he's got, no matter what you talk about, he's immediately fired. A London Super Bowl? How uncouth. Media coverage costs go through the roof. He's firing off limericks like you wouldn't believe. He's trying
2: to drag me in like the Ryan yeah. likes to do. Like a kind of Ryan, he's baiting me a little bit.
3: Ryan in Honolulu?
0: Mm. Maybe it's working. I, mean, I don't like
2: that I pronounce fans, fans. I ruined that. Line. I was, it was going so smooth. I was doing a little sing-along of the limerick. And then I said, and the fans, fans. It <laughs> <laughs> <So laughs> ruins the whole thing. If you don't say it cleanly, it's destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> and the fans? What's a fen? And I spelled it right. F-A-N-S. Why would I say, and the fans, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> You okay? You don't get a second shot. You okay? It's live.
0: All right. Yes. You don't get to do it. Yes, again. it is. Yes, it is. Poll question uh, the results from the first
3: hour. The results for the first hour, Dan. Yesterday's letter from Kyler Murray's agent was best for 76% of voters said the Cardinals. Yeah. Dang.
0: I agree with Florio. I don't know if it was good for either side here. Uh, and, and I don't know where it takes you. What's the next step? Is it up to the Cardinals now then to reach out to Kyler Murray? What if they don't reach out to Kyler Murray? And Kyler created this. You know, he started this, this snowball. And all of a sudden, you know, that's where you can't go, hey, you're blowing it out of proportion. This, this is something you guys started. And do the Cardinals say anything, do anything?
3: Yes. He- well, thank you, uh, Kyler, for bringing that to our attention. The current contract yeah. situation, <laughs> uh, how you're improving. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank Rapid, you for bringing that to Rapidly our... improving. Yeah. Rapidly yeah. improving. Because we had only won three games and then you got us to 11. Yeah. Right. Thank you for bringing that to our attention. Yeah. But, you know, that's where you have to have that
0: middle ground where not every quarterback is going to get 45 to $50 million. I mean, this is part of the problem with the NBA, that you have these players... Somebody's got to get paid, and you're, you're getting guys who don't deserve that kind of money. But they're getting that money just because that's the going rate. And, and, you know, I always single out John Wall. I mean, John Wall's making $42 million a year. If John Wall was playing in a, our man cave, shooting hoops now, I might get out there and watch him, but I probably wouldn't. $42 million a year for John Wall, and he's not even playing. All right, some phone calls here. Uh, We'll check in with the Lakers coming up. Grambling is no longer uh, going to employ Art Bryles. Art Bryles, of course, was at Baylor, turned that program around, uh, was involved in a lot of controversy with Baylor, and uh, was subsequently fired. But uh, Hugh Jackson, who has not had a uh, good couple of months here, he's the head coach at Grambling. He was going to bring in Art Bryles. Like of all the people you could bring in, all the people you could give a job to. All the people who are trying to get into these positions. You're going to bring in Art bryles Really? And then if you have to have a press release to follow up the press release that you're hiring Art Riles and defending why you're hiring Art Riles, then you shouldn't be hiring Art bryles If you look at everything that happened at Baylor when Art Riles was there, and I know we love to give a second chance. You know, we always give a second chance to those who are really talented. It's never the guy who's, nah, you know, he's not that talented. It's, yeah, that guy's got a lot of talent, and we'll give him a second chance. That's, that's how you justify it. Art Riles, offensive-minded guy. Uh, I was going to say genius, but it seems like whenever we say offensive-minded, it's always genius attached to that. But Art Riles, you know, is a good football coach. But you've got to bring in somebody. Like, isn't there somebody who's starting out in the business that maybe you could give a break to not Art Briles of all people, but Grambling decided that, uh, and maybe Art Briles said, you know, this isn't worth it. I don't want to, I don't want to bring, you know, baggage here, more baggage. I thought I was unpacking bags. uh, And that's not the case. Yes, Todd.
2: I couldn't agree more. I think uh, if Art Briles was smart and he saw the attention that this got, he's doing more harm than good. You got to step away and not bring that to the program.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, And, you know, here's Hugh Jackson. You you put yourself in the Brian Flores, uh, you know, was he asked to tank games in Cleveland, uh, and and now you hire Art Briles? That's not a good couple of weeks there for Hugh Jackson. Just not. All right, let's see. What do we have here? Uh, Andrew in Washington leads us off this morning. Hi, Andrew. Hi, Dan. 56176.
2: All right. I do have a uh, stat of the day, but I
0: also, uh, before I get to that, I just wanted to throw out the question of where is John Morant starting to rank as in-game dunkers? Is he up there with Vince Carter, Dominique Wilkins, and uh, you mentioned uh, Daryl Dawkins several times.
1: I just kind of wanted to hear your uh, view on that one, but I I do have a stat of the day if PM Yawn has the music ready. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait! What? What, wait, wait, Paulie? We got to give credit for PM Yawn. Remember PM Dawn, the <laughs> rap group in the late '80s, early '90s. Oh, I, I, <laughs> it, it, Marvin it, <laughs> Yawned on the show yesterday and is now dubbed PM Yawn.
3: PM yeah, oh, Yawn, like Prince, Andrew.
0: Prince well yawn. done. Yawn. Yeah. I put that in there. Well done. Uh, all right. Let's go. Uh, stat of the day here. <laughs> <time to> <laughs> <time to> <laughs> After shooting a perfect four for four from beyond the arc and scoring a Grizzlies franchise record 52 points, John Morant became the first NBA player to not miss a three and score more than 50 points since Anthony Davis went two for two from three with 59 points for the Pelicans in 2016. That's a good appearance right there, mister. Well done, Andrew. That's, that's a professional right there. Uh, let's see. Let me get in uh, one more. Uh, Chuck in Florida. Hey, Chuck, what's on your mind today? Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Danettes. So good to see you all. Um, 6-1 and a reasonably solid 275. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I see Polly was a little upset about Leap Year Day. I am a certified Leap Year baby, although well, well past the age of baby. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, make a couple things clear. When it's a year like this where there's no twenty you celebrate both days. So you celebrate the twenty eighth and march first? Absolutely correct, sir. Okay. I think I think I'm entitled to that for being denied an actual birthday, kinda like being born on Christmas Day. Okay. All right. Well thank you, Chuck. Yes, Todd.
2: But it's happy birthday. There's no such thing as happy birthdays. It's not plural. you got to pick a day. You don't get two days just because you were born on some weird, you know, funky end of February (laughs) date.
3: No. Why do you get two days? No, no. My my wife gets a week. What are you talking about? I was going to say, there's no such thing as a birthday anymore. If you just follow social media, it's it's my birthday month. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, pulling.
1: That's tough. But you should get one day. You should get one day every four years and really blow it out, but then you don't get anything the other three years. (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm serious. Not, no, if, if February 20th. If it's special, but let it be special. Yes, Todd.
2: Yeah, there is an argument to be made. that They should only celebrate your birthday on your birthday, even if you get screwed <laughs> out of three of the four years. It's very sad. And you only get to have a birthday once every four years. But, you know, this is this was yeah. what happened. You want to be special? Be special. <laughs> your parents didn't time it out appropriately. Yeah. Something bad happened there. Thank you, Todd. Welcome. I got to check the numerology. Make sure you don't get born. No, in February 29th. don't. Don't even do that. Don't even do that. Right, it's definitely a Because we were
0: on vacation with two twenty-two twenty-two, and then there was a baby born at two twenty-two in the uh, in the afternoon.
2: That kid's going to be like some kind of omen, a Damien case. That's not going to be good. I don't think it lines up nicely for that.
0: Although, kid. although Paulie sent out a story that there was a baby that was born on two twenty-two twenty-two at two. Two, three oh. in the afternoon.
2: <laughs> you imagine that kid just just missed. That kid's whole life is going to be coming up short in everything he or <laughs> she does. Everything
3: always just a minute late yeah, for everything. Yeah. always late.
2: Not a lot of second place trophy. <laughs> <for> that
3: <kid. laughs> well, that'd be another two.
0: Oh, that's oh, true. It'd be a third place third trophy. Place. Let's take a break. We'll check in with the Lakers after this, Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, nine until noon Eastern, six to nine Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Intelligence runs in the family. Innovation runs in the family. Extraordinary runs in the family. The 2022 Mercedes-Benz range of SUVs. Every member's waiting to impress. Learn more at mbusa.com. Mercedes-Benz, the best Or nothing. If you missed Mike Florio, telling you why he thinks Tom Brady is still going to play football and maybe in San Francisco, and also why Aaron Rodgers will stay in Green Bay. We'll have that for you coming up a little bit later on. Mike joined us in the first hour. Bill Orms had an interesting uh, last couple of days. He covers the Lakers for the Athletic, and Bill, kind enough to uh, join us.
4: How would you describe the last couple of days there, Bill? Oh, very low-key, Dan. (laughs) Just very... uh... Yeah, very low key. Uh, it does turn out that when LeBron James uh, 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 says something about you or tweets about you, other people want to say things about you and tweet about you. So I've had a lot of I've had a lot of that over the last few days, but otherwise pretty good. 80 degrees in Los Angeles yesterday.
0: OK, but uh, tell the audience what you reported and why LeBron James reacted to that or how he did.
4: Well, so, I mean, obviously, after his comments uh, at All-Star Weekend about potentially returning to Cleveland and his various um praise for other executives on the heels of the lakers not making a move at the trade deadline there was a lot of um tea leaf reading and a lot of interpretation and we're talking about lebron james who's one of the master uh master tweakers in the history of of you know uh the organizations he works for and um sub tweets and sort of you know trying to push buttons kind of behind the scenes and so um, you know, I reported, you know, several things kind of reported, uh, related to LeBron, including, you know, that the, the subtext is that within the Lakers organization and sort of, sort of, um, along with the trend of the rest of the NBA and LeBron helped usher this in, he has more power within the Lakers organization than any player ever has. And that includes Kobe Bryant. And, um, and w- so what I, you know, basically wrote was that LeBron was using that platform in that moment to sort of apply pressure to the Lakers to get what he wanted from the Lakers, whatever that might be, whatever his vision, whether it's a contract extension, whether it's just to kind of hold the Lakers feet to the fire a little bit more and remind them that he could potentially leave if things don't go his way. Um, And then in the aftermath of that, of course, LeBron, uh, you know, basically wrote that no one should listen to to me, I guess. But, um, (laughs) but, but, um, you know, we talked about it. We're good. But how was that? So he pulls you aside.
0: And just wants to have a heart-to-heart, man-to-man conversation.
4: Uh, I just say I would just say we talked about it in the hallway. I had his press conference, and we had a conversation about it. And you know, I had a couple thoughts on it, and he had a couple thoughts on it. And then you know, it seems like we landed in a pretty good place. Yeah,
0: because it doesn't take you know that much time to connect the dot dots here of what he's saying, how he's saying it, and then all of a sudden, hey, um, you guys didn't do anything at the trade deadline. As if, well, let me ask you that. It almost felt like the Lakers said, look, LeBron, this is what you wanted. You deal with it. You you wanted Anthony Davis. We gave up all those young players. We gave up picks. You wanted Russell Westbrook. We wanted Buddy Heald. You got it. Go, you know, make the best of it. Is that, is that it a fair assessment?
4: Yeah, I think that's t- absolutely, you know, a, a reasonable assessment. And also, any change they were going to make, even if it was the um, – even if it was the the John, the John Wall trade, right, which made a lot of sense. John Wall is also a client of clutch sports, which you know is clutches. LeBron LeBron is clutch. Rich Paul uh, runs clutch sports um, that, need, that would have needed. That would that's a move that would have disadvantaged the Lakers. Right. They would have had to give up that first round pick in 2027 or even a, a pick swap in 2027, which, you know, is you know, we don't know where the Lakers are going to be five years from now. That could end up being a really catastrophic pick swap. And so while you are in win now mode, I think there was also a real healthy dose of reality from the Lakers to say, you know, we can be in win now mode all we want. We can't win now. So there is a little bit of get to the offseason, get to, you know, make the best of this season. Maybe something breaks your way and you, you know, maybe you could win a playoff series if something really breaks your way, but um, get to the postseason and then and then kind of lick your wounds and, and reassemble them.
0: Do you think LeBron ends his career as a Laker?
4: I would say yes. I think, I think that, you know, I think that there was the, you know, some saber rattling over the all-star weekend. I don't think LeBron wants to go anywhere. I don't think it makes sense for him to go anywhere. I don't know that if he were to leave at age 38, 39, he's going to find another organization that is willing to give him the same sort of equity, you know, not, not obviously actual ownership, but ownership of, of, you know, action that the, the, the Lakers have, unless it is a scenario where he is, you know, going somewhere where he is literally going to become a part of the ownership group upon retiring or something like that. But I do think there is a real strong chance. I'd probably put it like 60, 40, right? I, I tip to him, him finishing his career with the Lakers. Um, you know, the brawny element is fascinating, but I, I still think it makes the most sense for, you know, this to sort of funnel brawny to the Lakers at some point for a year or two. And it, because again, <laughs> I don't know how many teams like i think you would have to be a team without a real direction or plan to say well our best path forward is to draft a, a you know draft Ronnie james uh, you know assuming he's a draftable player um but not knowing really where he's going to be at that stage you know how how much of a, like a foundational type player he could be and then to get a 40 year old lebron like if that's your best path forward Um, then you really probably are at total rock bottom as an NBA franchise.
0: That sounds like something the Knicks would do, Bill.
4: Like I said, you'd have to be at total rock bottom (laughs) as an NBA franchise.
0: Yeah, I don't even know if Bronny can play at that level. I've watched high school games. Hell, I look good in high school, Bill. So I, I don't know. If I'm a team, do you call LeBron's bluff and you draft Bronny a lot higher
4: than he would probably normally have gone? I mean I think that's the thing that people I, I mean we're still talking about LeBron 2 years from now mm-hmm. and we've and while LeBron is still putting up massive numbers you know he's averaging you know you know he's averaging mvp caliber numbers um he's had way more injuries than he's had in his career he is he's started to look his age a little bit more even if you watched the other night uh, in the loss to new orleans he didn't seem to have the same burst and he'd he mentioned you know kind of acknowledged that he you know didn't look great even though he had 32 points I think that knee's bothering him so this year he's had the knee he's had he's had an ab strain he's had an ankle injury last year he had the bad ankle injury so these things are starting to add up so who's even going to know who even knows where LeBron's going to be in two years and whether a team is going to see that two for one deal as the you know as the as the you know as the steal that we might think of it now how are the
0: Clippers by the way
4: uh, they're, I mean, they're, they're fun, right? I mean, we we saw them last week against the Lakers and again against, uh, we'll see them again this week. That's, that's a really fascinating team because they kind of like before they got Kawhi and Paul George, they have such a strong identity that sort of transcends their stars. Um, and then you can bring those stars in, you know, so if Kawhi, PG, Norman Powell, if there's a scenario, those guys got back for a play in for the postseason, it would be a really like, You know unbelievable development and it would it would really add some spice to the postseason how would you uh rate steph curry's all-star performance i mean just all time i mean he's just all time i mean i don't know what against what benchmark to you know judge things happening in an all-star game like you know he could make 33s in an all-star game and i don't know that i would be like that bowled over but to see him just go out and have that kind of performance, you know, knock down all those threes, the joy that he brings to the game, watching everybody else kind of embrace him. Um, you know, he is, you know, we get very caught up in LeBron and you know Kevin Durant, and, but Steph Curry has, you know, really dominated this decade. And to have kind of that sort of signature performance on an exhibition stage, I think is just like one of those other feathers in the cap of, of a Hall of Fame career. And I've said this before,
0: I don't know if you agree, but I'll bring it up, that. You know, Michael had such an impact. In fact, the NBA is still trying to kind of get out from his shadow there. But what Steph Curry has done, he's done more for more basketball players than I think Michael's style. Michael entertained us, but we couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. We feel like we can do what Steph Curry does, and I think he'll have a, a greater impact on the game,
4: uh, actual playing, than, than Michael will. What do you think? It's funny. We had a conversation in, a, in, a, in an interview setting with Malik Monk a few weeks ago, and it was we were asking Malik Monk, who has had a great year for the Lakers, whether he um, w- was disappointed he wasn't in the slam dunk contest. And he said, no, like, I'm the more disappointed I wasn't in the three point contest. And it's like, why? Why? The slam dunk contest is so much cooler. And he was like, be, and our point was because anybody can shoot a three pointer. And he's like, not like me. And I think that that is I think that is the I think that is the kind of the same idea where Steph Curry took this thing that felt very relatable and that anybody could like go out on the court and do and you could sort of feel like Steph if you knock one down and he's made it feel cooler than dunking he's made it feel as unreachable as you know jumping you know higher than you could jump because he does it at such an unbelievable. at such an unbelievable level. And the video that was going around from pregame the other day where he made 13 straight shots, he did his whole shooting routine from every distance, you know, moving all the way back to half court and then all the way back into the paint um, was, you know, just – I do think we take for granted, like, that he has actually perfected the most fundamental skill of basketball.
0: And maybe John Morant will bring back the dunk because, you know, for a a smaller guy – he attacks the hoop like derrick rose did when he first came into the nba and everybody yeah. wants to shoot threes jaw's bringing it every night he'd bring it to anybody everybody
4: well and like people will always love a small guy who can dunk and the, like i mean to see jaw at his size you know fly through the air and like you said at anybody over over great shot blockers the less the best shot blockers in the league he is um you know completely ugh, I mean, dunking. I think at a certain point got kind of passe, right? Yeah. Like you watch the dunk contest; they're kind of out of moves to do. They're, you can only go between your legs so many times, behind your back, off the balance, off the backboard, off the side of the backboard. You, we've seen it all, but we haven't really seen a guy. I mean, even D Rose didn't like. Really, didn't like put it down on guys like we've seen Jaw do over over these couple of years he's been in the league. I mean, he is to me one of the the three or four guys in the NBA, I would actually, I would pay my own money to like go sit in like the nosebleeds just to watch play basketball.
0: Who were the others? Oof.
4: Can I have five?
0: Yeah, sure. LeBron, Steph. Oh, are you saying LeBron just because you got to be nice to him now?
4: No, Le- LeBron James is still <laughs> worth the price of the admission. Come on. <laughs> Very much the worth the, worth the price of the okay. admission.
0: Okay. All right. All right. You're kissing LeBron. Up to Steph, LeBron
4: Steph, KD, and Giannis Jokic. Both, both are in there.
0: Okay, all right. That's six. Yeah,
4: I like. I, I
0: People are talking about Demar Derozan. And I said, when's the last time an MVP candidate didn't have a highlight that you remembered? And Demar Derozan doesn't have any highlight. He doesn't make the highlights. It's just you look at the box score and you go, man, he scored thirty again. Um, Jokic, it feels like his passing stands yeah. out more than anything else. John Moran is going to have signature plays here. Uh, the Greek Freak has signature play. I don't know how much that factors in, you know, with MVP voters of the style that, the, you know, being a performer um, that goes along with how valuable you are to your
4: team. I think it, I think it helps just in the sense of having, you know, you know, something in your mind's eye, right? Like the kind of that signature moment or that defining sort of characteristic or trait. I mean, DeMar DeRozan's game, has never been flashy or that highlight worthy. It's it's always been sort of, you know, it's been accumulation, like, oh man, he knocked down nine, nine mid-range jumpers or he <laughs> he finally shot some threes. You know, whatever he does um, has never been flashy. And what, what it's been to me has been the accumulation and the consistency with that Bulls team, the Bulls obviously being atop the West or excuse me, the East and having, you know, really come out of nowhere. I mean, I don't think anybody saw them as uh as as a contender or having you know, a good offseason, but it felt like, you know, you overpay for DeMar, you know, who knows about Lonzo and and Caruso and those, everything they did has, has hit. And so DeMar's in the conversation, not only because he's individually playing like an MVP, but because he's elevated his team. But you're right in the sense that not, I don't think highlights win MVPs, but I do think having sort of memorable memorable moments and, and memorable games to sort of, to sort of Stick in voters' minds does matter, but I almost feel like Demar's numbers and the fact that he kind of did has come out of nowhere this season. I mean, always a very good player, every year a borderline All Star, but to then now be putting up the numbers that he's putting up to me—that is almost the highlight. The highlight is the fact you can't you can't disregard him, you don't forget him because it's been so unexpected for him this year.
0: Yeah, it's almost like an overnight sensation that took ten years in the making with uh, Demar Rosen. Uh, play nice this week, Bill. Okay. I'll try. All right. Thanks for joining us. Thank and, you, Dan. Uh, Bill Orem, the Lakers writer for The Athletic. You imagine you write this, and then all of a sudden, you had some people who were upset with Bill Orem, and then LeBron says, uh, hey, come here. LeBron wants to talk to you. And, you know, while he said, hey, I wasn't the source of this story, and, you know, that somebody was and sources run the game and all of those things. But, you know, this is what you do when, when you get – Stared down by somebody. And it's happened to me before. When you report something, uh, Lawrence Taylor, I thought, was going to punch me. uh, When I was covering him, when he uh, had to have a press conference talking about being uh, suspended, cocaine use. Uh, Alex Rodriguez, I thought he was going to punch me in the Rangers locker room. But, you know, if I, I was always told, show up. Always show up. If you say something, you report something, show up in front of that person. Then if they want to say something to you, they can. And it's difficult because here you are, you're being critical of LeBron James. And, you know, he's got a big social media platform there. But if you're doing your job, you're doing your job. And you can't play nice with everybody. Yeah, Paul.
1: can imagine you're Bill Orem, the, re- the reporter, and you're in the hallway and you're talking to LeBron. You're like, oh, this is, this is the conversation. that's happening right now. And all the other reporters yeah. are watching you because they're reporting on what's going on with those two. That's got to be a weird situation.
0: There were no baseball reporters in the Rangers' locker room that day when I went in. And I, I didn't go in to confront Alex Rodriguez. I went in to talk to Alex Rodriguez. I think A-Rod was going to confront me. But I just went in to kind of clear the air. And I, it wasn't going to happen. He was mad at me with you know the interview that I did with him where he talked about Derek Jeter. And, and the thing I never understood about that is I told A-Rod that you know, we were taping the interview. He didn't say something was off the record. And he was really upset with me because this blew up because he was critical of Derek Jeter. And then he does an interview with Esquire Magazine, I think, or GQ, and say, says the same exact things to the writer, Scott Rabb. And I went... How can you be mad at me when you said the same thing on record to Scott Rabin? He reported, you know, he wrote this uh, article in GQ or Esquire. I went, that doesn't make any sense. But uh, A-Rod and I have had a frosty relationship ever since then. But I still felt I needed to hear his side of the story of why he was so upset with me.
1: Yeah, Paul. Uh, Five-minute poll question. Who appears on this show before it's over? Commissioner Goodell, Alex Rodriguez. And I'm not sure which way I bet. I'm going to say neither. You have to pick them. Oh, I got to pick one. You got to. like If there's
0: odds. Let me, let me take a break here. We'll take a break. And uh, I'll have to give that some, some deep, deep thought here. Consideration. Because the commissioner has been on the show, but when somebody is guest hosting... <laughs> That, and I think Alex Rodriguez has been on the show when somebody else is guest. You're over. correct about both. Yes. Times.
2: But I thought he was on the show with uh, you not too many years ago where something about you're not welcome in the house, but you're on the porch where it looked no, like I, you were making some progress.
0: I, I said, how long would it take for me to get inside your house to know you played baseball? He goes, oh, you're not going to get in my house. That, gonna... was, that was at least 15 years ago, by the way.
3: Yeah, that, Yeah, I don't think I'm even getting into his neighborhood now. Yeah, Seaton. Don't you get the sense, though, that either one of those dudes could call into the show tomorrow and be like, no, what do you mean? Oh, I'm sure. No, no, the commissioner. I'm sure the commissioner
0: probably is, you know, oblivious to this. Oh, Pauline. Let let, let me take a break here. (laughs) Let me take a break here. We'll be back. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock
3: app. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called
2: All Ball.
0: Oh, let's see. Where did we leave off? Uh, who's going to be on this show first? The commissioner of the NFL or Alex Rodriguez? Now, I don't really have any feud, any issue with the commissioner. I think that I've I've had some stories that I've had information here that probably didn't please the commissioner. Alex, you know, I don't think we'll ever be friends, which is fine. But, uh I would say the commissioner. Do you think the commissioner is aware of this polling?
1: Are you asking if the commissioner of the NFL, Roger Goodell, is part of the group that agrees never to come on this show? Yes. Like is he? Yeah. He absolutely is. He's a savvy man. He's a smart guy. But, but why would he not come on the show? I'll give you my honest opinion. I, because he doesn't want to be asked tough questions. Okay. And I think, uh, as from a PR standpoint, you'll go to softer seats when you do interviews when you do State of the Unions, when you do... There are certain shows he went on back in the old days yeah. that would ask one question that may have been a little tough, and then they move on comfortably to the next question. Yeah. I think that you are much more likely, and other shows too, ask tougher questions. I don't think he would go on with Dan Levitard, the commissioner of the NFL. Mm. I'll bet you he never has. He hasn't been on this show, I think, with you since 2011, maybe even earlier. Maybe it's just a coincidence maybe that he hasn't been, been on Absolutely not. It's a, a it's a technique. strategy um, to have... Easier. What about
0: what about A Rod?
1: He came on with you, like Seton said, probably twelve or thirteen years ago, and that was like, wow. I think we pursued him and he was promoting something. I think we get him on.
3: Yeah. Yeah, Seton. I don't know that it's a the, the coincidence part of it is that the only times the commissioners come on the show is when you're not hosting. <laughs> that that's a little too much of a coincidence right, for me. All right. Fair enough.
1: One of them was when Ross Tucker was filling in for you. Yeah. Commissioner! <laughs> spicy mustard or European football? What do you like more? I mean, it was, that was nuts that he agreed, but they knew Ross was hosting, and they knew Michael Mike Flory was hosting when we asked. Yeah. How great is London? <laughs> When's the last time you want to hit someone in a boardroom? Yeah.
0: But it's not like... Usually when you have the commissioners on... Like, I know my bosses at ESPN used to think, oh, man, you have the commissioner on. Well, the only commissioner who was, well, I, I, I shouldn't say that. I thought Commissioner Seelig was good because I could press him on issues and David Stern, the NBA commissioner, I could press him on issues. And, and, and we could have an, a, an, a real dialogue, conversation there. Whereas, you know, Commissioner Goodell, That doesn't feel like he's going to engage. He's he's not going to let this be a conversation here. It's like you got a question. I'm going to answer it, and then we move on. Yeah, Paul.
1: Yeah, I don't think I think it's smart of them. I don't think there's any business upside of coming on certain shows. Yeah, uh, I get that.
0: And and I know that there have been people who have said that you know they they don't want to come on. They didn't have anything against me. They just knew in that forum that I was going to press them on some things. And they didn't want to be answering those questions. Like Daniel Snyder. We've asked for Daniel Snyder for 15 years. He's not going to come on. Uh, Jerry Jones, we've asked for him. He's not going to come on. But, you know, we still ask everybody. You know, Fritzie's not afraid of asking. You know, I'll, I'll send him into battle. I'll just say, hey, why don't you ask for, you know, Tiger Woods right after his press conference? Yeah, sure. All right. Fritzy's like, Yeah. I have no problem being told no. And Fritzy usually send me the correspondence and I don't I don't like reading it when somebody says no or bleep no or don't don't even think about it uh you know, whatever
2: it's usually pretty pleasant every once in a while there's a certain agent or pr person that, that i don't know how oh, playful no. it is that's kind of you know you look you you think he's gonna go do this with everything going on are you on crack yeah. <laughs> I, I was once you know, someone once asked me if i was on crack because i was trying to get a couple of players to come to the espn zone or something for the show in studio
3: yeah uh, a couple players yeah it- it was Shaq and Kobe, so Shaq and Kobe
2: during the NBA finals. If they'd come to Anaheim and sit together and yeah. do it. It, it yeah. kind of feels
3: like that's a fair response by that yes. PR person. Yes. I probably would have said the same
1: you, thing you to you. You're
2: asking for Malik Monk. You're asking for Shaq. So you want Shaq and Kobe to come to Orange County, nowhere near where our facility is during the finals to do an interview. Yeah. You, I'm going to assume you're on crack. And you don't have to call me back.
0: <laughs> crack. Yeah. But, you know, it doesn't stop Todd from reaching out to the commissioner. Because if there's a story, look, my I'm a conduit to you, the audience. I I want to ask questions that you know we want answers to, and you know we we try to get those people on. So you can I don't like reporting somebody's reporting. I like asking a question. I like to, to find out myself instead of I'm going to take somebody's word for it. And there are a lot of great reporters, obviously, and a lot of great interviewers, but. When I have somebody on, the way I do an interview is different than anybody else does. And therefore, I think we break a lot of news. We get a lot of great stories on this show. And I think it's just our approach to these interviews. All right. see. check on the commissioner. See if he wants to join
2: us. In I'm the on final, I'm final. just waiting for the response at this
0: point. <laughs> <laughs> Two hours in the books. And yes, we have one more to go. Seaton, Paulie, Fritzy, and yeah, Marvin is still in the front row. Still in the front row. One more item. We close out hour two, and it's M-Drive. How's your balance in your life when you wake up? Do you get things done? Sluggish? How about M-Drive Start? A daily dose of protein and nutrition that helps me stay on top of my game. Packed with seven clinically tested ingredients, six premium proteins. It boosts energy, strength, reduces stress, so... You can keep with your busy day no matter what your age is. You can uh, get M Drive at mdrivedan.com, delivered right to your door. They offer free shipping, 60 day money back guarantee, so nothing to lose. It's a great New Year's resolution, even though we're starting the month of March, and you can do it every single day, and it's going to pay great dividends for you. It's time to focus on your health. Try M Drive, and you can get the energy, strength, and drive you need to get more done every single day. Don't let age beat you. Visit mdrivedan.com. mdrivedan.com. Free shipping. 60-day money-back guarantee. mdrivedan.com.